Bueller. Are you better off than you were four years ago? I want my MTV. I want my MTV. Shall we play Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Come back with me to the 1980s and the roller coaster ride that was my high school experience. I lived a John Hughes life, and some of the celebrity vocal talent I've assembled to take you on this journey helped to give us all that 80s good time vibe. The names have been changed to protect the not so innocent. Speeding is the number one killer on our nation's roads. The basic speed rule is that you must always drive at a reasonable and safe speed. In addition, some states post signs along the roads with maximum speed limits which must not be exceeded. Different speed limits are usually enforced in residential and business districts and in special zones like schools, parks, and bridges. They are established for maximum safety and must always be observed. Safe speeds are determined by many things such as weather, traffic, and the state of the road. Choose your speed to fit conditions. Remember, at 20 miles per hour, the odds of a collision being fatal is one in a thousand. At 75 miles per hour, it is one in two. Halladin called the four of us into her room, the back pantry, for a meeting. She walked in, eyes on me, and handed me a piece of paper. You win. I took the paper and then passed it to Yosh, and it went to Jan and Becca. That's a list of available prom sites. You're a little over $1,000 away from being able to afford anything on the list. Get the last of it, or it's the gym. I promise you. We won. Could it be that easy? She was accepting the fact we would be able to have our prom off campus. Yet there was no joy in this. Howden looked as if she got the news her mother died. Now, unlike all of you, I'm going to be honest. I thought of taking all the things I heard and making life rough for all of you. You mean what Stacy told you? How's it feel to have stuff done behind your back, Chris? Fortunately for all of you, it was rumors in here saying your paperwork was in order, and frankly, I've just grown tired of it all. I just want this to end. Graduation can't come soon enough. An awkward silence hung between all of us. Kids don't understand consequences. You think you'll live forever, and after Tony, we know that's just not true. You don't think that if someone crashed after a party, that person throwing it is responsible. Tony wasn't drinking! And look at the whole mess with Butch over the Sherry incident. On the surface, it sounds chivalrous, defending her honor kind of stuff, but before Butch did that, Sherry had no idea those kids took bets on her life. Now she does, and she'll die wondering if people she thought were her friends did something despicable. Jan wiped away a tear from her one eye. Yosh stood quiet. Becca was with us, but she wanted to be elsewhere. Sometimes ignorance is bliss. Look, I'll do whatever you need to secure a prom site and ask no further questions. Great job, gang. You should be proud of all you've accomplished. I had no words, no snappy comeback. I didn't feel pride or victory. What I felt was shame. I worked with Calvin that weekend. We hauled garbage bags out to the dumpster behind Theater 2 and took a moment to enjoy a quick joint between us. He pulled out a lighter from his big red Usher jacket and lit up the pot. So what's up lately, bro? Master Chris has been down. You got a lot on my mind. I got something that might cheer you up. 
I held up the joint. Was that what he was talking about? Nah. Better than the joint. I said I wouldn't say anything. Dude, just tell me. Who said something? Was it a girl named Stacy talking shit about me to you? Who? No. Kelly did, though. Kelly who? The new girl. Hot Kelly. I fell back against the dumpster. Dumbfounded. Knocked out. No way. You're messing with me. Don't, don't mess with me, Cal, because I can't kick your ass, so I'm begging you, don't. I ain't messing with you, man. Bitch thinks you're cute. Chill. I threw my arms into the air like Rocky. I wanted to shout out loud, but I knew I would look like a douche. What else did she say? Asked if you had a girlfriend. What'd you say? Well, what, what'd she say? I, I, Cal, Cal, you gotta tell me. I can't take it. Shit. I said he ain't married. But Mr. H did. Maybe she forgot about that. Or better yet, maybe Kelly didn't care. She was punching out for the night at the time clock. She had worked the other two smaller theaters on the other side of the mall. Do I go out to see her or, or let her go now that I, I knew that Calvin just told me? Screw it. I walked out all cool and shit. Hey, it's Kelly. It's Chris. Going home? Uh, but I gotta stay another hour. Bummer. Could I walk you out to your car? I mean, it's pretty dark out there. It gets that way at night. I walked her out of the mall and into the parking lot. I felt like I was walking on clouds. I could smell her perfume or was it her shampoo? It didn't matter. I was only inches from her, walking side by side to her car. You like working here? I haven't had much chance to ask. Captain Chris is a busy man. But yeah, I'm liking it. More and more. Hankins is a trip, isn't he? He's something. That organ music. Yeah, I know, right? It's a... Uh... We froze, standing before a crushed, smashed squirrel who didn't get out of that parking lot alive. Oh shit, I wonder what got him. Well, it wasn't natural causes. No, I meant a car or a truck or... Hey, I, I hope you don't think this is too forward, but would you like to go out sometime? Sure, I'd like that. Would your girlfriend like that? Ex. Ex-girlfriend. She thought about it for a second and then took out a theater napkin and pen. She wrote down her number and handed it to me. Call me. Good night, Chris. I knew I had to do the right thing. I had Reagan, and I was just going to test the waters with Kelly. I mean, getting her number wasn't cheating. This was just an exploratory mission. Shut up. Well, that opportunity came that Monday. I was at my locker, closed the door, and Reagan was standing right there, as if hand-delivered. Hi, how was your day? Can we talk for a minute? I led her across the hall into Mr. Parna's empty classroom. Inside, written on the chalkboard was, Keep out, Phantom. Listen, I'm thinking we should see less of each other. What? What do you mean? You want to break up? Why? Did I do something? Are you serious? How can we see less of each other? I hardly see you now. No, you, you didn't do anything. I can't believe this. Why? I did the only thing I knew. I reached out to her and held her. It was awkward, but she let me do it. They're, they're going to make me an assistant manager at work, and I have colleges to start scouting. Did you meet someone else? 
No, no, it's my senior year and- Oh, don't do the whole, it's my senior year thing. You're too cool for me. That's why you never take me to your parties. You're embarrassed. Or maybe you don't want me around the girls hitting on you. Is that it? That is definitely not it. I can't believe this. <laughs> is it because we haven't had sex? You're the one who's afraid to. I'm not afraid. I... I'm an asshole. Yeah, you are. I know when you're lying and you're doing it now. Parna walked in, coffee in hand, caught the tail end of that conversation and said, Excuse me. He turned and walked right back out. I followed him, leaving Reagan in there to cry. Jess and I held another fundraiser in the candy store. I stood with Jan at the entrance while Mick and Steve supervised money collection. The shoebox filled with cash was on the table. The two members-only burners, those douches that bet on Sherry, showed up, and they wanted to get in. They waved their money, and I made eye contact with these two pariahs. Mick and Steve stood as gatekeepers waiting for the word from me. Do they get in, or do they throw their miserable asses out? Well, I took their money and gave it to Jan, who dropped it into the shoebox. They watched this, took their red cups, and walked in, barely able to contain smiles. Fuck them. Jess ran a keg. Kids drank, smoked, and drank soda from the fountains. Yosh and Allison sat on a bench in a mocked-up Christmas candy lane sharing drinks and conversation. A bizarre George Bailey and his future wife. Later that night, Jan returned to the table and froze. Her heart must have stopped. Where's the money? What are you talking about? She looked at Mick with wide, terrified eyes. No, the shoebox wasn't there. The table was empty. Weren't you watching it? Oh my god, there were a thousand bucks in there. Oh my god, 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 oh my god. Jess got me into the Trans Am. The party thinned out and we got everyone we thought who wouldn't have taken the money out of there. Jess felt it was time to hit the streets, and somehow we would find the thieves. We'll find it. Someone knows where it went. We're fucked. That was the last of the money needed. Jesus Christ. We are at a light on Main Street, and good old Charlie's muscle Camaro chugged up next to us. He gunned the engine, goading Jess. And then, there in the back seat, the two members-only burners appeared, smiling waving our fucking shoebox. Get him! Red light, green. Both cars peeled out with Charlie taking the lead up Main Street. Trans Am and Camaro were neck and neck, barreling the main drag. No fucks given for drivers or pedestrians. Jess's Trans Am tailed, trying the middle lane to pass, but blocked by oncoming traffic. The Camaro pulled farther ahead. I looked into the rearview mirror on the passenger side and saw something odd. A car way behind us with one headlight, but it seemed to be gaining speed, trying to catch up to us. That's a cop behind us. Not a cop. Cops have two headlights. It's a cop. It's not a cop. The Trans Am speedometer hit 100. Charlie's taillights winked out way ahead, rounding the corner. I leaned back into the seat. The G-forces pushing me or, or fear of, of the coming impact. That's a cop behind us. It's not a cop. If a deer, another car, or anything popped out in front of us, we would be vaporized. The Trans Am banked the turn and... 
Coplites cut off the Camaro in the road. Two cruisers pulled nose to nose to form a blockade. The Camaro swerved to a stop, avoiding a collision. Jess threw the wheels, spinning the Trans Am sideways onto a side road. He drove 200 yards and pulled over. What are you doing? Drive! Freeze! Westwood Police! Westwood's chief of police stood at Jess's window. His service revolver pointed right at Jess. He was the owner of the car with the one headlight behind us. Now that's a cut. I was leaning against the car, hands on the roof. Our badass police chief with a bad hair weave, Texas Ranger mustache, and wore his sunglasses at night, searched Jess, ripping his ID and wallet from his back pocket. <laughs> this fucking guy. The chief's turbo Porsche with one headlight idled behind us. Jess Henderson. Steve's son? Stepson, Magnum TFI. TFI? What's that funny guy? Total fucking idiot. Oh, he's gonna love paying for this as it sits impounded in your driveway the next six months. My car's paid for. How about yours? Yeah. Your mouth runs good on mommy and daddy's money. Jess popped his head up. A thought hit him. He looked at me with a, I have an idea look. He then looked to the chief. Hey, you do something for me. I'll have my dad down to your office Monday to take care of this. Yeah? What's the favor? The chief walked to the blockade. Charlie and the two members only misfits were cuffed and up against the car. Apparently Jess's stepdad and the chief went as far back as when they were state troopers. The chief opened the Camaro's back door and retrieved the shoebox. He walked it back and handed it to Jess, but not before plucking a few bills from the box. A few bucks for my officer's trouble. You and your old man in my office Monday. Tell him to bring his checkbook. And that is how our night ended. A safe driver is alert, careful, and courteous. 